My name's Dwayne Pendergast. I'm your moderator today. And uh, we're starting to record now. So please turn off your cell phones. Remember that the talk and the question session will be recorded and available on SACPA's uh, site. So we need the speakers and questioners to use the microphone for sure. Uh, Shaw TV also records our presentations on video and broadcasts them along with excerpts from PowerPoint several times a day initially. Uh, remember to put your $11 lunch fee in the basket on the table. And have someone at each table please check the payment to ensure it matches the headcount. For newcomers, I note we start with a 25 to 30 minute presentation. Then we break for a 30 minute lunch, followed by a 30 minute question period starting about 1 p.m. Now on to our talk today. Alberta's electricity system has started out on some substantial changes over the past couple of years. The early phase out of electricity from coal and replacement with electricity derived from renewable sources and natural gas will present some challenges to consumers. As new facilities are built, integrated into the system, and ultimately, here's the kicker, paid for by them. Uh, Chris Hunt, our speaker, leads the office of the Utilities Consumer Advocate which has a mandate to educate, advocate, and mediate for Alberta's residential, farm, and small business electricity and natural gas consumers. We look to him to monitor the Alberta electric system operator's mandate to ensure a reliable electricity system at a reasonable cost to Albertans. And I quote that from their documents. Uh, Chris, Ready to come up? His talk is titled, How Can Consumers Keep Up? Changes in Alberta's Electricity Sector. Okay, sounds good. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'd like to thank Sapka for the invitation to Lethbridge. Um, as I was telling Dwayne, both my parents are originally from the Lethbridge area, so I spent a lot of summers here growing up. While I was growing up, visiting my grandparents, and I still have some family here, so um, great to be back. So what I'm going to cover today is I'm going to talk a little bit about what the state of the energy market is in Alberta today and how it's organized and then a little bit about where it's going. Um, there's a lot that is changing right now. There's a lot that's in development. Um, I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail on that in particular because um, honestly, I'm, I'm not directly involved in that. That's more the Department of Energy. Um, but I can give you a sense as to what is going on and where you can get a lot more information including progress reports. I'll talk a little bit more about what my office does and then, like I said, I'll provide you a bunch of uh, additional resources where you can find out even more information to answer your questions. So the first piece, um, there's lots of terms that get thrown around when you're talking about electricity. Uh, in a nutshell, the whole system breaks down into four components. So start, I'll start with all of us, the consumers and retail. 
So the, the retail function is essentially the administrative side of what happens with your power bills and contracts you may sign with different retailers who then purchase the power through the distribution system and from the wholesale electricity market to move it to your, to your home or business. And so you do have choice in Alberta. Uh, you can go with a regulated rate option. You can go with different competitive providers. And they offer a variety of products. So some of them may offer a stable rate where you sign a fixed contract so that your bill's the same every month. Others uh, may offer a variable rate where it goes up and down with the wholesale price of electricity. So the analogy I often use is it's similar to uh, a mortgage but at a much smaller <coughs> scale where some people may prefer to get a fixed rate and know exactly what they're going to pay for five years and other people may prefer to sign up for a variable rate because if you look at the historicals, uh, typically it's, it's actually less expensive but there is more volatility with it. Then we've got the distribution system and the distribution system is fully regulated. So these are the small wires that are in your municipality. Um, here in the city of Lethbridge, the, the city of Lethbridge runs a distribution system. In other parts of the province, you've got EPCOR in Edmonton, you've got NMAX in Calgary, you've got ACO, you've got Fortis. Um, the rates associated with distribution have to be approved by the Alberta Utilities Commission. And I'll talk a bit more about their role, but that part of the system is fully regulated. The retail customer side is partially deregulated. So there are regulated options and then there are competitive options on the market. You've got choices. So I'm just going to close out that alert. The transmission system is also fully regulated. So all the rates associated for paying for the transmission system, and that's the big wires, the big towers that move electricity right across the province. Um, the rates that pay for maintaining that system also have to go through the Alberta Utilities Commission. Generation is competitive. And so this is where um, basically power companies have to go to the private sector, raise the capital and accept the risk in building power plants, which then they sell the electricity into the grid. And we're currently in a, what's called an energy only market. So they only get paid for the electricity they sell into the market. And where we're going, um, as the government has announced, there'll be a hybrid where they'll primarily be an energy market, but there'll be a smaller capacity market that's lumped on top of that. And that's to ensure that um, during periods of peak power usage, that there is some added capacity uh, to ensure that you know, the lights still come on when there's a, a, a lot of usage underway. So this is another way of looking at that system. And just to highlight again, um, you do have competition in retail and generation. You also have it in transmission. Now, although that part is fully regulated, the way that works is when the Alberta Electric Systems operator is looking to the long term and they forecast that, okay, we're going to need some new large wires to this section of the province because there's new power plants going in there. Um, then they will basically put out an auction and ask the private sector to bid for the right to build and operate and maintain that infrastructure uh, going forward. And so 
they, they take the bids in, they analyze it, and whoever had the most competitive bid uh, is then selected to maintain that. And that's part of the reason um, you do have different transmission operators, transmission facility operators in Alberta. Uh, the, the two big ones are ATCO and Ultalink. So ATCO runs the, um, it's called the EIDL, the Eastern Alberta Transmission Line that goes down the, basically the east side of Highway 2. And then you've got the WADL, the Western Alberta Transmission Line. And that one is run by Altalink. And that, for the most part, goes from the Wabamunum area, west of Edmonton, um, sort of down the west side of Highway 2. And then it kind of crosses over by Calgary and their, their actual station is just to the east of Calgary. So that's the transmission backbone of the province, the, the spine of the system, if you will. But there was competitive bids for when that Western transmission line was built. Here are the stats. Uh, I won't read them all out, um, but it is worth noting where our capacity is at right now and what peak demand is. So you'll notice it's considerably higher, 5,000 megawatts, uh, roughly. But that's because you've always got plants that are going through maintenance. Um, and you want, Albertans insist that when they flick that light switch, the power comes on. Um, you know, th there's one thing that's worse than high power bills for consumers, and it's the power not being there. And we hear that consistently. And so. Um, there's a very high reliability standard that's demanded uh, on the grid, and because of that, um, the capacity has been built out to ensure that reliability. Transmission. So you think about that, that's an awful lot of big power lines. And so 26,000 kilometers, it costs a lot to maintain, and so those rates, which are controlled by the Alberta Utilities Commission, uh, are paid by all ratepayers. So certainly residential, small business, farm consumers pay their fair share of that. Uh, the big industrial emitters, which are actually 70% of the power demand in the province, the load, um, they pay the, the greater proportion of that, sort of basically in accordance with, uh, with their power usage and how much they use the transmission lines. You'll see the interconnections there. So there is some ability to move a bit of power back and forth with British Columbia and with Montana. It's not that much. And uh, once again, there's maintenance issues that come up from time to time there where that power isn't available. So you can see how much, um, how, how big the market is. Basically $4 billion a year in energy transactions. That's what our generation fleet looks like a year ago. So I think these are 2016 slides. It hasn't changed that much um, in the last year, but it's still primarily based on coal here. Um, most of which was entering the end of its capital lifespan. So most of the power plants in the province uh, were built 40 years ago and were due to retire in the next few years. There's obviously been some that have been built more recently in the, in the past 20 years where uh, the transition off of coal has more of an effect. But uh, no matter what, there was going to be a requirement to recapitalize a lot of the generation in the province because um, a big portion of that coal fleet was 
uh, too old to continue to operate. So cogeneration, um, for those that aren't familiar with the term, think about the big oil sands plants, and they have their own natural gas power plants, which generate the power for, for their large industrial facility. They take the surplus power and sell it into the grid. And so um, that's where the term cogeneration comes from. It's doing two purposes. Uh, we just have gas that solely serves the grid. Uh, we have some hydro, not a lot. I'm, especially here in southern Alberta, people are very familiar with uh, water as a valuable resource. Uh, we don't get as much of it in the south as you do in the north. Uh, I think the one quote I heard was, all the rivers north, or sorry, all the rivers south of Edmonton carry the same amount of water as all the rivers north or something like that, but it's, it's, it's significantly slanted to the north. Wind, we're already at 9%, um, and that was based off of the current energy-only market and the investment that's come in for that. Uh, the Black Ridge wind plant that's up by Carmen Gay in, in Vulcan County there, I believe that's 300 megawatts, one of the largest wind farms in Canada. A lot of that has been financed with what are called renewable energy credits out of the United States. So um, particularly in California, uh, power companies uh, that uh, their traditional thermal plants, so coal and, and gas and that type of thing, they have to purchase credits for building renewable wherever they can. And so in this case, companies in California invested in Blackridge, even though the power was being generated in Alberta because it's still renewable power and they got a credit for it. So those are some of the dynamics that are uh, happening. Other renewables, so uh, solar, um, bio-waste, those type of things. Uh, it's a very small proportion of the generation fleet. It'll grow a little bit, but most of the renewable growth is going to be in wind. So overall, where are things going? And you can see the snapshot from 2015 there and how big the, the coal generation was in the province um, and the huge role that natural gas plays and also that significant growth in renewables that happened even prior to more recent announcements and where we're going to. So as coal retires, and like I said before, a lot of that fleet was going to retire anyways, um, it's going to be replaced by gas. And that includes the cogen, it includes specific gas plants, and then there's going to be a, a big ramp up in the renewables. And you can see the, uh, the investment piece there of over the 15 year period, it's probably going to need to be more than $20 billion of uh, investment in order to regenerate that um, generation fleet. Um, and so that's where programs such as the capacity market and the renewable energy program are important. So talk a bit about transmission. Um, there are the lines. Like I said, these are the big towers. Uh, what is of note is the current infrastructure we have in place uh, should allow up to 4,000 more megawatts just with the existing infrastructure. And uh, certainly the, the way the renewable energy program auctions have been handled and such is it's very much encouraged those bidding in to take advantage of the existing transmission infrastructure. Um, distribution, so these are the small wires. 
And even in rural Alberta, you've got the big wires that'll have a substation or a couple substations in a county that then take the high voltage and move it into the smaller voltage and the small wires that go throughout, uh, throughout your county on the small poles. And so we've got a variety of uh, distribution companies in the province. Uh, you can see the map there. A lot of the names will be familiar from uh, ATCO to Fortis to EPCOR to NMAX. And we have, uh, we still have, I believe it's almost three dozen uh, rural electrification associations uh, throughout the province that service, uh, service their areas. Uh, some contract with either ATCO or particularly with Fortis to operate and do the maintenance side of uh, maintaining those wires, but they still own the wires. And, and others are self-operating REAs where they hire the technicians and, and they look after it themselves like, uh, like prior generations did. So in a nutshell, that's what the distribution system looks like in the province. So what's changing? Um, these are all the things that are going on as part of the electricity transition program that, uh, that the government announced um, over a year ago. So there's an awful lot going on. You've got the coal transition and the retirement of coal. You've got energy efficiency programs. You've got the capacity market, which I talked a little bit about. So the, there's a lot of work underway on how do you transition from that energy only market for generators to still primarily relying on an energy market, but also incenting investment in the province to build new power plants by saying, look, we're gonna, we're gonna provide a certain revenue stream if you guarantee that your plant is gonna have power available uh, the few times a year that we need to call upon it when demand requires it. And, and so that is what the capacity market's about. And there is, uh, as I said, a ton of work underway um, to build that market and ensure that it integrates with both the energy market and what are called ancillary services, which includes things like reserves and um, ramp-ups and, and a variety of other specific products. Um, some of the other things, uh, community microgeneration, and you've probably heard about some of the incentives in the news around that. Uh, the renewable energy program. And so the difference between the two is the renewable energy program is focused on utility scale renewables. So primarily the big uh, wind farms, but also some of the big solar farms. And uh, um, the way this is being set up is it's focused on um, both the energy outputs and the uh, environmental um, factors. So if there's newer technology that develops over the next few years that can meet those, then it'll be eligible as well. And I'll talk about consumer protection in more detail as we go through, um, but over the last couple of years, you've seen a number of initiatives on that front, the banning of door-to-door -door sales in the province. We've, uh, in my office, the Utilities Consumer Advocate, we've launched a new website that has a ton of information, which once again, I'll cover. And uh, the government is constantly looking at um, what, are the, what are the issues consumers are experiencing and uh, how can we review the regulations and such to make sure that people are, are getting a fair shake and are being protected. Along the bottom, you'll see the four bubbles there. 
that's really what all these different programs are designed to do as a program area is number one ensure that there's a reliable and resilient system so when you turn on the light switch you know the power is going to come on um, improved environmental performance so cleaner uh, sources of energy reasonable cost to consumers and like I said the number two issue for people behind reliability actually I would say the number one issue is reasonable cost until the power doesn't come on and then reliability is the number one issue <laughs> and then also economic development and job creation so that's a massive amount of money that was identified that needs to be invested back into uh, the generation system 20 billion dollars over 15 years so we want to make sure we do it in a way that um, encourages economic development here in the province as well. So who does what in the electricity system? And I've talked about the government, I've talked about the Alberta Utilities Commission, I've talked about uh, the uh, I think Alberta Electric Systems Operator once. So who does what? In terms of responsibilities, the government's job is the overall system design and what are the policy outcomes. So those four bubbles I just talked about, that is what the government has said um, are the priorities of Albertans and what the overall system needs to do. And so it's identified some of those uh, specific programs that are designed to work together to get to those outcomes. And they use the electricity agencies to basically implement that policy. So they set the goals and then the agencies work through the details and ensure the programs and the rules are being enforced in such a way that we meet those outcomes. Including the technical aspect of it. Um, operating the system. So as far as agencies go, that's the main job of the Alberta Electric Systems Operator. Uh, they literally have a con control centers that manage the power grid in the province and pull power from certain power plants and make sure it goes down the right uh, transmission line so that when you flip the switch the circuits don't get overloaded but you've got a steady stream of power coming through. They do that in conjunction with utility companies to move the power around the province. So when, got it. So from uh, a systems performance perspective this is the government and the electricity agencies look at is there enough power coming online? When we look at economic growth are we building enough power plants? Are we doing enough energy efficiency? that there's that balance between how much power we can produce and how much power consumers want to use at any time. Um, within the government, and I, I apologize for the small font here, but I'll, I'll sum up the, the big pieces of this. The Department of Energy handles the policy piece of it. So they look at what those goal, goals and objectives are and what policies need to be in place to, uh, uh, to meet those policy outcomes. Uh, the Department of Agriculture and Forestry has a distinct role in terms of uh, ensuring there's effective governance in place for rural utility boards like the uh, REAs and the gas cooperatives as well. Um, in Service Alberta, we, we have two roles. So the first one is uh, my colleagues actually regulate the energy marketeers under the Fair Trading Act. So those are those competitive uh, retailers. They have to get a license and they have a code of conduct and everything they have to follow. What my office does is we represent the interests of residential farms, small business consumers of electricity and natural gas before proceedings of the Alberta Utilities Commission and other bodies. And uh, I say that for a couple reasons. Um, the term advocate has several meetings 
in the context of my office, it's more advocate in terms of the lawyer. So we have legal experts and regulatory experts that argue in front of the commission as to why rates should be structured in a certain way. And that's really our role is when, once you start talking money and once you start talking reliability and those details, we have those technical arguments with the commission and argue on behalf of consumers as experts in the field. We also have that a role of disseminating independent and impartial information about the regulatory process. So that's some of what I'm doing today. And an area that we're gonna spend more effort on is taking the 30 page, sometimes 100 page legal decisions that come out of the Alberta Utilities Commission and putting it into a one to two page document that's gonna make sense to people as to what does this decision mean? Um, does it mean you're paying more or paying less? Those kind of things. So people can access the regulatory system and understand the impact of decisions being made. Inform and educate consumers about electricity and natural gas issues. That's why I'm here today. And other responsibilities as Minister of Service Alberta determined. So a big one is the Minister's directed us to mediate disputes between individual consumers and utility companies. So if, uh, if someone feels they're being treated unfairly, they can call our call center and talk to our mediation officers. We'll get all the details, then talk to the utility company, look at all the information, and try and mediate a solution. Uh, we know it can be very frustrating for people, uh, particularly when call centers are overseas, or you know, when I get a bill and it's a lot higher than, uh, than I anticipated, I get angry and it can make it difficult to have a good conversation and, and get to the root of the problem. So having somebody else that you can talk to that's gonna work through those details and understands all the rules and regulations uh, can be a huge assistance. The commission. So the Alberta Utilities Commission is an independent quasi-judicial agency uh, whose job is to regulate the utility sectors out there and protect the social, economic, and environmental interests of Alberta where competitive market forces do not. So where, you're, where there are those monopolies, like in the distribution systems, you have this independent body that reviews all the evidence and makes sure that rates are fair. The ISO operates the system. Uh, they also do long-term planning to ensure the system's gonna grow in a way that uh, meets the needs of Albertans. Uh, the balancing pool is established uh, when power purchase agreements were signed 20 years ago during the deregulation of the generation sector. The market surveillance administrator's job primarily is to look at uh, the wholesale electricity market as well as uh, the retail market to ensure that businesses are compliant with the rules and regulations out there. So they're the police and the AUC are the judges. When it comes to rates, and I've talked about this, where competitive market forces do not. So the AUC's role is really to balance the public interests. And you've got utility company shareholder interests on one side where they wanna do their business and get a reasonable rate of return, and consumers who are concerned about getting reliable service at the lowest cost. And so the AUC has to make those judgment calls as to what, what does reliable service at lowest cost mean? And so our role is to argue um, and provide a, uh, an independent analysis and independent arguments into the AUC as to what are reasonable costs when the utility companies are generally arguing for something higher. Um, there's a lot here. The, the bottom line is with a regulated monopoly model is it works the inverse of a competitive uh, 
market model or free enterprise model. So this is why the role of the AUC is so important, where you've got these independent commissioners that have to go through all the details and you argue about every single line column here. How much taxes should you pay? What should the depreciation formulas be? What are reasonable operations and maintenance budgets? Right down to arguing about the salaries of the technicians that come and repair your power lines. Okay. So this provides, this slide is basically meant to say the AUC has their fingers in every aspect of uh, the generation system. Uh, and transmission and distribution, and even a little bit in retail when you're talking about the regulated rate options. So my office, part of Service Alberta, uh, we've talked about the role already. We've talked about these functions a little bit. What the education program is meant to do, raise awareness of the market, where you can find resources to help you make decisions, and that mediation team, which is a huge resource, we gets over 20,000 calls a year and helps people. Um, we do this both through online tools and by going out in the public and doing these kind of outreach presentations. This is our number one tool. So last year we had 200,000 people visit this website. It's been redesigned in the last couple of years in a way that's meant to help you find the answers that most people are looking for. So it covers a lot of what I talked about today. I'll highlight that cost comparison tool. It's also historic rates, so you've got some context on all this. So mediation call center up in Edmonton, huge resource, knowledgeable people on the other end of the phone. If you have questions, you can call them anytime. Well, you can call them 8.15 to uh, 4.30 Monday to Friday. They can help you with payment arrangements. And they're, they're a line that's available to you if you're having difficulty uh, dealing with the retailer. They don't provide financial assistance, but they can connect you with social agencies that might be able to help you if you're eligible. More of what they do. So the bottom line is the more knowledgeable you are about the system, the more opportunity you have to make choices that are going to help you manage your bill. Uh, for your family and for uh, for your business. So there are tools out there. Once again, I'll point you number one towards my website and towards my team. But the AUC, the Alberta Electric Systems Operator, the Alberta Market Surveillance Administrator, and Alberta Energy also have a lot of resources. So if you're interested in learning a lot more about capacity markets or the renewable energy program, they've got all kinds of reports and progress updates on where they're at in the policy development cycle. So if, uh, if, if you want to learn more about those processes or provide your input into those processes, and most of them do have opportunities for public input, you have that opportunity and you can read the stuff that they're using to make those decisions as well. So on that note, that's the official side of it. What I will tell you as well is that um, the sector is changing very quickly, mainly because of technology but certainly policy is part of it. And if you look at how transportation and telecommunications have changed over the last 20 years, those are the kind of trends that you need to be paying attention to. What is gonna drive change is consumer demand. So people are using you know, things like Netflix as opposed to traditional TV because they find it more convenient and it's a lower cost. 
And so those same trends, if people figure out the magic, uh, the magic combination of technology and business model that is going to provide a better service for people to lower price, they're the ones who are going to dominate the market going forward. Thank you.